Farmers are the heartbeat of rural America. Congress recently invested $20 billion in America's farmers and ranchers, focusing on conservation practices and profits for future generations. Today, these funds are at risk. You're squawking over $20 billion, that USDA program. It's investment into the future for everybody. If the funding was eliminated, it could hurt farms and families. Tell Congress, protect this generational investment in the Farm Bill. Learn more at investinourland.org. Paid for by Invest in Our Land. Mike Lawler had quite a day. The absurdity of the whole thing is clear. It's 6.30 p.m. on Thursday, two and a half weeks into October's headless House of Representatives. We're sitting in the New York congressman's office in Longworth, and he's waiting to find out when he'll have his third chance to vote against Jim Jordan for speaker. I couldn't help notice that Lawler keeps a copy of an annotated script of The Godfather next to his desk, which seemed a little too on the nose as we discussed the GOP's warring families. Lawler spent much of the day in a conference-wide meeting of Republicans, who for three-plus hours screamed at each other, cursed at each other, and blamed each other for their current crisis. Shortly before we sat down tonight, Lawler left a meeting with Jim Jordan and most of the other Republicans who have voted against Jordan for Speaker. It was Jordan's latest attempt to convert the holdouts. Jordan's pitch didn't work, at least not on Lawler. Nothing that happened in the GOP conference meeting or in Lawler's private meeting with Jordan or in the thousands of calls to his office from angry, threatening constituents trying to sway his vote have done anything to change his mind. As our conversation in his office began, he was waiting to find out whether a third vote would happen tonight. We got the answer when a bell rang in the middle of our interview, indicating that the House was adjourning for the evening. The congressman checked his phone and learned that the next speaker vote would happen at 10 a.m. the following day. He told me he still plans on voting against Jordan. We've all heard a lot recently about Republican members bucking their party in the House. What's unique about this week's revolt against Jim Jordan is that it was led by people like Lawler. Lawler represents a Biden district just north of New York City. Other members of this Never Jordan faction are from similar districts, or their committee chairs and cardinals and institutionalists who finally became fed up with the far-right faction that thrusts the House of Representatives into this mess in the first place. At Politico, we've dubbed this the Revenge of the Squishes. So what follows is the story of what happens when one GOP squish stops being polite and starts getting real. I'm Ryan Lizza, and this is Playbook Deep Dive. So, Congressman, how was your day? Uh, it was uh, what the French call a clusterfuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is going to be a good interview. Since I'm catching you at 6.30, a lot has happened today. It's the end of two weeks without a speaker. Let's start with just if you could sort of narrate what was a pretty significant Thursday in this process. So you woke up this morning not knowing whether there would be a vote today, right? Um, not knowing what today would bring. Right. And the first important thing that happens is what? The 11 o'clock conference meeting? Yeah, we had conference this morning to discuss the path forward, really. You know, obviously the votes are not there uh, right now for Jim Jordan. And I, I don't expect them to get there. You know, I think the discussion within the conference really focused on what's the options here. Do we 
you know, empower McHenry? Do we take a pause? Does Jim withdraw? And what is the best path forward? And, you know, it seems like he has decided to move ahead with another vote. Um, but we're still waiting for, you know, that definitive answer. He didn't, that's been reported, but he, we haven't, he hasn't told you all that officially. Uh, he indicated that we would be having another vote. In the, in the, in the conference. conference. Yeah. In your private meeting with him as well? Uh, no. We'll get to that in a second. But all right. So I, I need you to set the scene a little bit more about this conference meeting because the reports out of this meeting are dramatic. Cursing, screaming, um, McCarthy and Gates going at it. Let's just imagine we're sitting at a bar. You just get out of this meeting and you're like, what are like the three stories you remember from this conference meeting that kind of tell people, that give people the vibe? You know, I've said previously, conference over the last few weeks has been like Festivus, the airing of the grievances. <laughs> yes. Um, but we're past the airing of the grievances. Obviously, there's a lot of anger and frustration about why we're even here. Uh, and the reason we're here is because eight Republicans, uh, led by Matt Gates, teamed up with 208 Democrats to remove a duly elected Republican speaker without cause. There was no justification for that. And so I think most of the conference, 96% of us that voted against the vacating of the chair, have been extremely frustrated, some more than others, but uh, frustrated that we're even in this situation. And so, you know, I think obviously we're trying to find our way forward uh, and trying to come to a resolution so that we can get back to governing. I mean, that's why yeah. we're here. We're here to govern as a Republican majority, yeah. to serve as a check and balance on this administration. Uh, there are so many disastrous policies that this administration has pursued that the American people want us to hold uh, them to account for, from spending to the border, to the international crises that we're dealing with. And you can't do that if you don't have a speaker. And frankly, you know, uh, Matt Gates is, you know, the dog that caught the car. He didn't have a plan. He didn't have a plan for what would come next. I think he just assumed the conference would just, you know, fall in line and it'd be fine. And yay, I removed Kevin McCarthy. But why did he do it, you, you think? Know. Look, I think it was personal. Yeah. I think it was personal. I think it was petty. And unfortunately, enough people went along with it. And I think, you know, the Democrats trying to wash their hands of this as if they played no role and. Uh, you know, oh, this is a Republican problem. We wouldn't have got there with eight votes. And I know from my conversations, there's a lot of people who regret uh, the situation that we're in. Dem and, Dems too? Yeah. Mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, look, yeah, you couldn't anticipate the terrorist attack in Israel, but we're on the world stage. Things happen at a moment's notice. Yeah. And this is why you don't play games with this stuff. Yeah, I get the political advantage uh, that Democrats thought they were getting here. But, you know, when Hakeem Jeffries says, oh, you know, the Democratic conference is putting people over politics. Really? How so? How are you doing yeah. that when you teamed up with Matt Gates, a guy that you deride, that you yeah. believe is unfit to serve, that you call a MAGA extremist, but you teamed up with to do what and for what purpose? Do you think McCarthy made a mistake in not trying to negotiate with a few Democrats to make up uh, the eight votes he lost? Look, what was it that he was really going to negotiate? I mean, let, let's be realistic here. What, what did they want him to give them? Did you ever like, were you? Uh, I, I honestly believe. Yeah. And, and I get it's easier said than done. And I get 
the politics. I've been around this long enough to understand the politics. Yeah. Okay, I I get it. And and a lot of my Democratic colleagues' arguments were, well, would you have voted to save Nancy Pelosi? I mean, that's uh, a fair and, question. Come fair, on, fair question. But if the choice was teaming up with the squad, no, no. This is where we are in our country. Yeah. I'm in a swing district. I'm so one of 35 th- swing districts in the country, right? Yeah. It's not that many that are actually competitive. Yeah. And I was elected in a district, Joe Biden won by 10 points, that has 70,000 more Democrats than Republicans. I got elected to govern on serious issues. The idea that the entire Democratic conference would team up with eight people that they deride as you know MAGA extremists, for what purpose did you think you were doing that? Yeah. And that's where I just look at it and say, you can't wash your hands of this when you're up to your neck in it. All right. Fair enough. I don't think if the shoe were on the other foot that Republicans would have uh, voted for Nancy Pelosi, but we'll never know for sure. But you would have. I would have tabled the motion to vacate yeah. because it's destructive. Yeah. Look at what has happened. This is cataclysmic when you're talking about the continuity of government. Yeah. It is a constitutional crisis that has been created. And you know what? Sometimes things are bigger than politics. All right. Going back to the conference, tell us a little bit about what happened with Gates and McCarthy in there. Well, today. you know, over the course of the last two plus weeks, every time Speaker McCarthy has spoken in conference, yeah. everybody listens. Why? Because he's the speaker. Yeah. And because he's our leader. Uh, and what he says makes sense. And he is laying out a path for us to get out of this mess. And, you know, he called out Matt directly about creating this crisis and not having a plan. Two, and Two true things. Yeah. And so, you know, Matt obviously didn't take too kindly to it, stood up and pretty much was told by everybody, including Kevin, to sit down. Was there like, what was the language he used? I just kind of kept on, sit down. And, and everybody in the conference told him to sit down. Because, look, there's a lot of anger and frustration here. And ultimately, we need to get back on the path of governing. Yeah. And everybody is going to have to let go and move forward. Um, but when the individual who created this mess, uh, you know, is trying to act as though he bears no responsibility for it. Um, obviously, that's just comical on its face. All right. So you're one of the 20 plus people that have voted against Jim Jordan. A lot of the story this week has been the pressure on you guys after the first vote and then the second vote. How has that pressure manifested itself to you personally? You know, I'm half Italian, half Irish. I'm so three quarters Italian, one quarter Irish. There you go. So. I don't worry too much about that. I do yeah. what I think is right. Lawler's uh, the Irish Lawler's side. Lawler's Irish. My <laughs> mother's What's, maiden name was Fortino. Fortino. Okay. Uh, Where, where's the Fortino side from in Italy? Not Naples. To, not to, where? In, in Naples. Naples, yeah. yeah. Oh, my family's from Benevento, you know, yeah. not far away. So I don't, I, I don't worry too much about that stuff. I do yeah. what I think is right. Yeah. And I'm willing to uh, put my name to it. I'm willing to say what I think. And I'll accept the consequences of that. Voters in my district, they have a right to express their view. They have a right to reach out to me. And uh, I always take uh, the voters in my district into consideration. Yeah. And 
it's an important part of being able to govern. You have to be cognizant of your district and the yeah. people that you represent. You're here as their their voice. In this instance, I fundamentally believe Kevin McCarthy is the right person to not only lead this conference, but lead this house. The truth is, regardless of who the speaker is, whether it's Kevin, whether it was Steve, whether it's Jim, um, if you can't govern as a majority conference, if you can't pull together 217 or 218 votes yeah. because people don't respect the majority of the majority or they don't respect uh, you know, the rules of the conference or the House, then obviously it creates a, a conundrum. And so to me, as, as I've said to Jim, as I've said to Kevin, as I said to Steve, if we don't deal with the fundamental issue here, the ability of the conference – uh, the the eight that you know vacated the chair, the twenty one that voted against the conservative CR, the twenty plus that voted against Kevin McCarthy in January, those that voted down the rules. If they can't coexist with the swing district members, those in, of us in Biden districts, if we can't find compromise within, it doesn't matter who the chair of the speaker is. Yeah, it's irrelevant. So. That, to me, is the fundamental issue here in building consensus is addressing that. And that is why uh, neither Jim nor Steve uh, were able to get the votes. Farmers are the heartbeat of rural America. Congress recently invested $20 billion in America's farmers and ranchers, focusing on conservation practices and profits for future generations. Today, these funds are at risk. You're squawking over $20 billion. That USDA program, it's investment into the future for everybody. If the funding was eliminated, it could hurt farms and families. Tell Congress, protect this generational investment in the Farm Bill. Learn more at investinourland.org. Paid for by Invest in Our Land. Do you feel this week represents a little bit of a revenge of, you know, some of the old timers plus moderates? I think going into this week, there was some people thought, you know what? These moderates, they always cave. They always cave. The Freedom Caucus guys, you know, they do, <laughs> they do crazy stuff all the time. <laughs> you know, they make threats and they follow through. But the moderates at the end of the day always go along. And then lo and behold, you guys, and I know it's not all moderates, I know it's a little more complicated than that, but um, it's this group of people who sort of seemed a little fed up and, and decided, no, we're, we're sticking to our guns on this vote, and, and you obviously have. Do you talk about your, the, your colleagues who are in the similar position here? I think the press has labeled it revenge of the squishes. Yeah. But look, I, it, it, this is That may is have been a, a political headline, <laughs> I think. <laughs> This is not about revenge. This yeah. is not about. I'm not saying it's uh, revenge. It's not. It's not yeah. about a petty tit for tat. I yeah. It's it's a reality that we have to find compromise within the conference if we're going to be able to govern as a majority. I I, I don't want to go back to the floor if if we're unable to pass legislation. I don't want to go back to the floor if we're unable to elect a speaker. Yeah. The point is that we need to address the problem. And come to an understanding that the only path forward is to work as a conference. And there's certain things that, given the the, the broad complexity of, of our conference, there's certain things we're just not going to agree on. Do you and guys, rather than pursue that, yeah. 
you know, focus on where we can move legislation and and make significant no, inroads. I understand what you're saying on, on that, but I'm trying to get at the dynamic in this group. If you could just like give our listeners, no, a little I'm, bit I'm of telling the, you, that's that's the, a fundamental the, part of it. Do you guys talk to each other all days? Like, sort of like hang in there. I know you're getting pressure. We've and been, like we've, each been other up. we've been talking to each other over the last few days, pretty frequently. How does it work? Um, it like a, obviously, you have members. Uh, is there a squish that, group text? <laughs> obviously, you have members that have been attacked and and physically uh, I mean, threatened. Serious stuff. Um, you know, significant death threats. I I heard an audio recording that uh, one of my colleagues' wife uh, received, and it's just it's totally inappropriate and totally un- unacceptable. Have you or uh, your I staff? Have, I have not, but we've gotten thousands of calls that have come in. Look, people have a right to express their opinions. Which they have way a right are they running the calls. Uh, uh, pretty split. I mean, look, it, it's a district. Joe Biden won by ten points. So there's a lot of people that obviously are uh, against uh, Jim Jordan for obvious reasons. They want a Democrat majority. I'm not naive to that. Uh, but to me, this is a function of uh, what is in the best interests of the the district, the conference, and the country. Uh, and I still fundamentally believe Kevin McCarthy is the right person to lead. Within each of our districts, we're getting calls. We're getting emails. We're getting text messages. I'm getting people who have supported me uh, personally, uh, happy with my vote, and, and some very angry about my vote. And I understand that. I respect that. And, they're, and they are certainly entitled to their view. And I appreciate them expressing it with me. But I think, obviously, there is a line uh, that should not be crossed. And, and that's, you know, threatening members, uh, but especially their families. Has the pressure campaign on you, and you, I mean, feel free to speak for other members if you have information about that. Has it hardened your resolve uh, against Jordan? Has it disappointed you that he's sort of drummed up this pressure campaign uh, specifically to sort of turn, you know, the populist grassroots against what's usually a kind of insider uh, election that's not nationalized in the way it has been here? Um, well, I won't speak for other members, uh, but I know uh, there certainly uh, there is a frustration about it. And I, I think for some, you know, that certainly has played a role in, in how they uh, view this race. That to me is not the issue. Again, I, I think the it fun- hasn't hardened you or, or no, self. You know. no, has no, there been the- a moment this week where you thought, you know what, it's not worth it. I'm just going to vote for the guy. Look, what what my view is, if we can build consensus, if he could build consensus, you know, fine. Yeah. We need to we need to move forward. We need to get back to work. But if you if you can't, then you need to step out of the way so that we can find somebody that can. And my focus and my and my issue is on governing. Right. Right. And and how to how to bridge the divide within the conference. As angry as I am about what happened to Kevin, and I and I honestly think it was one of the most absurd things I've ever seen in politics. Uh, he didn't deserve that. Uh, certainly didn't deserve to be treated like that yeah. uh, after delivering this majority. Um, but even putting that aside, my focus is on how do we govern as 221 and, yeah. you know, at some point in November 222. You met with Jim Jordan today. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that meeting. Uh, first of all, where was it? Was it one-on-one? Was it with a larger group? I was in a, uh, with a group in the Capitol, uh, and I'm not going to get into too much of it because I respect uh, the privacy of other members in that in that meeting. But um, 
Yeah, it was with uh, mo- most of the people that have uh, voted against uh, him over the last, uh, you know, two rounds. Um, and, you know, people expressed uh, where they are. And I don't see uh, many, if if any, moving. Uh, so how many how long was the meeting? Uh, I I was only there for about a half hour, but um, did, did, and, you, did you talk? I did. I, I expressed my thoughts to him that I expressed to him on Friday and again on Monday. And, and what did you tell him? I told him very clearly, this is not about him. It, it's It wasn't about Kevin and it wasn't about Steve. Uh, and frankly, it doesn't matter who the speaker is, because if we can't govern as a, as a group, as a conference, it doesn't matter. You need to get 218 on the floor. And so... My my focus is on governing and on, on on fixing the problem. It really is not about the speaker to me. It, it is about who is going to address this and get the people that need to be in the room in the room to fix it and move forward. That to me is the fundamental issue here. We can all sit and bitch and, and rehash months or years of, of uh, drama uh, and infighting and and who did what to who. But as I've always said to folks, and I've been around this going back to 2008 as an intern for John McCain, uh, in my various roles, whether it was executive director of the state party or a town Republican chair or you know elected official, I've told people, you don't have to like each other. You don't have to go to dinner together. You don't have to be best friends, but you do have to work together. Yeah. And if you can't do that, uh, obviously, this is the the gridlock that you get. The, well, one issue that's very important to you is the state and local tax deduction. Um, there's been some reporting that uh, Jordan and and to me, this you know, I think to some people who think wheeling and dealing is the nature of politics, and there's nothing wrong with this. That he sort of put that on the table to try and win some of you guys over, where that's an important issue in some of these to some of these northeastern re- Republicans like yourself. Tell us about your conversations about uh, salt and what he was proposing. Well, certainly we've had discussions on it, but this is this is the biggest issue that I've uh, championed, uh, you know, for my district. It was the first piece of legislation that I introduced yeah. uh, to eliminate the marriage penalty and double the cap on married couples, uh, you know, for salt. Um, I fundamentally believe uh, that, you know, New York and California and other, uh, you know, blue states, if you will, high tax states, um, you know, our constituents are are getting double taxed here. They're they're right. getting uh, you know screwed on something that was really not so much a policy fight but a pay for. This was about paying for the uh, tax cuts and jobs act, and I understand that. That's fine, uh, you know. But if I was here, I would have opposed that. Yeah. Um, and that's why I fought to uh, you know make sure that uh, we address this. I have had many conversations over the course of the year, including with Jim on this issue. Yeah. Um, And I think fundamentally, uh, this is an issue of fairness. It's an issue of uh, good policy. Um, And it's something that is important to my district. And so we're going to continue to push for it regardless of the speaker race. Did he Um, promise you that he would address this if he's speaker? We had discussions on what potential plans there would be or possibilities there are, but nothing was nothing was cemented. Wouldn't that be a good reason to vote for him? You know, ultimately, to me, it's about not just 
getting a, 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 an agreement to put a bill on the floor. I mean, I want I want salt to pass. So yeah, uh, you know, I would want to see concrete plan on that and and broad support within the conference. And he's not able um, to do that. No, and and I'm not I'm not honestly that's not. To me, I'm not demanding that of him. I think yeah. part of the part of the problem of why we got here in the first place was people were demanding things out of Kevin, well, and, and, and he and, overpromised. Let's no, be honest. No, I, 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 honestly, I think uh, a lot of the the problem is people kept saying there were promises, and everybody's going, "Well, what promise?" And nobody would get a clear answer on what was actually promised. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah. frankly, the things that they did fight for uh, were things that. The conference agreed to. We wanted open amendment process. We wanted to pass 12 appropriations bills. Like these weren't some ideas only they wanted. Right. Everybody was in favor of a lot of this stuff. Yeah. So, I, you know, some of, some of it I think is really, frankly, was extremely unfair to Kevin. But I also think trying to, to hold your vote on – that's not my approach on this. My yeah. approach on this is to deal with the fundamental problem of the conference. Yeah. What was the last thing you told? Uh, excuse me. What was the last thing you told uh, Jim Jordan tonight at the at your meeting? I, I said to him, unless we deal with the fundamental problem, it doesn't matter who the speaker is. And so, and, ten- and you know, and and uh, look, I think he's uh, a decent man, uh, and and uh, I don't think uh, ultimately uh, the opposition within conference is about Jim per se. I think it it is about the fundamental situation and, and how we fix it. And when he came out of that meeting, uh, a, a photographer uh, took a close-up of a, a little uh, piece of paper he had, and on it was written something like, what is the real reason? <laughs> Unclear if that was something he was asking you guys or something that he was asked. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, any insight into the what is re- the real reason uh, mystery uh, note? Is that something he asked you guys? No. Oh, I'm not going to get into <laughs> Of what what was said by him in that meeting? Um, is there any chance you'll change your mind between now and ten a.m. on on this vote? No, I I, I think um, the conference isn't there. Yeah, you know, if there was consensus, if the conference was there, uh, you know, I'd I'd be there because we need to move forward. But they're not, and and I think the challenge to me uh, again is is how do we get ourselves to a a better place here, and and. It's really not about the speaker race. What's your prediction in, 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 on the vote? Uh, look, I, I think he's he's probably going to uh, lose a, a handful more votes. You think it'll, be, it'll go up? Yeah. You think any of the um, current no's will switch? No. No? So no one in that meeting tonight, as far as you could tell, was convinced by Jordan's pitch? No, and, and, and I don't even, I wouldn't even classify it as a pitch. I think it was a, it was a, Discussion. It was more it was of a listening. It was an. Uh, it was a dialogue. What? All right. And finally, let, let's talk a little bit about the other thing that's floating around, which is the the McHenry uh, option. Uh, that was obviously discussed quite a bit today in, in conference. Jordan seemed to go from maybe quasi endorsing it to uh, you know backing away from it. What happened in the course of today to sort of change a lot of minds uh, about that? And what's your own view of that? Well, look, as as a conference should, we had a real honest dialogue and discussion about it. Yeah. And, you know, I think, frankly, unlike the Democratic conference where it really is kind of ruled from the top, yeah. um, 
you know, we really do have open dialogue. And as we've seen all year, people vote you guys uh, the definitely way they want to vote, dialogue. you know, and um, <laughs> obviously to a fault, it seems uh, these days. <laughs> I think that's a fair assessment, but the old it's fall in love versus fall in line thing. Is yes. Fixed. Yes. Um, but that's, uh, you know, certainly, um, you know, we had a, a robust discussion and, and people are entitled to their opinions. They're entitled to vote, uh, their conscience, their district, uh, and what they believe. And, you know, my, my general view though, is we, we need to get the house back up and running and barring a, a consensus on a speaker. Yeah. Uh, Patrick McHenry uh, is in the position to serve temporarily as speaker. Uh, I think he is the right person. Kevin chose him for a reason. He's been here 19 years. He understands uh, the institution. Yeah. Uh, he understands uh, leadership. Um, and he's someone that everybody fundamentally uh, gets along with, frankly, uh, and, and likes uh, and respects. Yeah. And I think, you know— doesn't mean they agree. Everybody agrees with Patrick on every one of his positions. I mean, as <laughs> as we all know, as as elected officials, I mean, you know, if somebody agrees with you on twelve out of twelve issues, go see a psychiatrist, as, <laughs> as Ed Koch famously said. So, uh, does the McHenry plan require Democratic help? Look, I, I, I ideally we would have uh, the conference unified on this. Um, and, and we may still get there ultimately, uh, depending on what happens tomorrow. Uh, you know, but I think, um, you know, we're taking it one step at a time. The, uh, speaker designate would like to have another vote and we'll have another vote and then see I what mean, happens. Isn't that a waste you. of time? Look, I, I, I think, uh, as, as he and some of his, uh, supporters would argue, you know, uh, speaker McCarthy had 15, uh, votes, uh, in January and, and ultimately got there. Um, you know, obviously I, I would like to see us find consensus. Um, and in the absence of that move ahead with temporarily giving Patrick the authority to govern, um, I don't want to call it a waste of time. I, you know, he's entitled to, to bring it for a vote. Yeah. So, you know, that's his prerogative and, and, you know, we'll move ahead. Look, you talk to, you talk to Democrats, maybe more than some, some others, um, have you any inkling that there are Democrats who are interested in this McHenry plan and are looking for some concessions uh, in order to support it? Uh, and yeah, it, I think there are people that obviously recognize the need to get the House opened again. I don't think there's concessions to be given or had. Yeah, and, and I and, and this who is would just, give them anyway? Well, this is just my my view at this point. Like, you helped create this mess. Yeah, I mean, well, sir, no, and and I think that you know, respectfully, the press tries to defend them a little bit. I'm not but, trying to defend them. I'm no, just but, saying, but, but you know, it's always like, uh, well, uh, no. I mean, they wouldn't have gotten the votes to do this, but for the Democrats. So they can't sit and go. You know, you're not going to shame them into supporting not, anything. You've got, no, you've but, got to give but, them something, right? No, but you know, with, with all due respect, what is there to give? And and honestly, if it's about getting aid to Israel, getting aid to Ukraine, if it's about uh, dealing with our appropriations bills, if it's about dealing with our border, we got to get back to work. Yeah. So everybody yeah. at this point should be focused on opening up this this house. Uh, there's nothing to give. Yeah. And I think the sooner they come to that realization, uh, the better for everybody, because just saying, well, what are you going to give us for, for voting for this after, after uh, bringing this place to a halt? 
there's not going to be much appetite by anybody to give anybody anything. I mean, to play devil's advocate, their view is this is a majoritarian institution. All of the incentives are um, for the majority to make things work. You guys ran on a, on a national platform in some ways in, in, in 2022. Your donors expect you to govern as a Republican majority. They don't expect you to team up with Democrats and have some kind of unity uh, system. And so from the Democrats' perspective, I think they would say, hey, you guys fucked this up. You guys figure it out. Don't come hat in hand uh, for our votes because you can't get your your eight right wingers on board. Um, but if you want to talk about that, what are you going to give us? I mean, isn't that politics? Yeah, of, uh, of course it's politics, <laughs> and that's why they voted with Matt Gates to to burn the house down. I mean, they they thought they were going to get political advantage here. Yeah, I mean, I, you had Nancy Pelosi tell John Boehner, Paul Ryan, and Kevin McCarthy that we would never be for the the motion of AK because it'd be horrible for the institution. And then she puts out a tweet saying, oh, this is a majority problem. You know, we're, we're, we're going to support the motion of AK. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, the, 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 the absurdity of the whole thing is, is clear. So you, your message to them would be, hey, join with us and... Um Elect McHenry as a temporary speaker with a deadline and these these powers that are defined in whatever the legislation or resolution is. That's yeah, it. I mean, listen, what what is it that you're hold, hoping you, you you know that you get? I, I, I mean, I don't understand. Yeah. We have to govern. Right. We have to move critical legislation across. I the think House they would floor. probably say like rules committee, like the current the McCarthy. That's rules never. Co- that's never going to happen. But the, the way that McCarthy has set up the Rules Committee was very much an outgrowth of how he won the speakership, right? And um, I mean, maybe. I, I, but the, the, the breakdown so of the Rules even, Committee is in keeping with what Nancy Pelosi uh, did. Uh, and uh, again, look, you could sit here and try to haggle yeah. for, for stuff like that. Is, who would they, negotiate, given, who but, would they actually negotiate well, this just, stuff with? Nobody McHenry? right now. But, here's, <laughs> but again, here's the, here's the reality. We have to get back to work. Yeah. So either you want to get back to work or you don't. And if you do, empower McHenry so we can move forward. Um, thank you for doing this. If you had to predict two things, who is the um, next speaker going to be and when is he or she uh, going to be in place? If I knew, I'd go over to the MGM right now and place a bet. <laughs> I don't but think you're allowed I, to do that, but you probably online I don't you can. <laughs> I don't know. And, uh, you know, look, it's uh, obviously this has been the challenge. Yeah. Um, you know, I know who I would like to see. You'd like to speaker, see McCarthy. You're, you're an okay but, guy. Um, but again, uh, we have to find consensus. And I will support... Uh, the the member of our conference that can build consensus here. But in the absence of that, we need to empower Patrick so we can get back to work. McHenry says he doesn't want to do it. He said he would resign first. He said he would resign if uh, people tried to override the parliamentarian. That's what he said in the yeah. In conference? Yeah. Not, Got it. Not, not if uh, the body entrusted him with the authority. Um, you know, he, he and the parliamentarian have taken the view that the speaker, uh, pro tem does not ha- have, uh, these authorities as an appointed, uh, you know, uh, based on Kevin's list that was filed with the clerk. Uh, but if the body, if the institution, uh, gave him that authority, he would, he would, uh, you know, 
do it. He said um, that in conference today. Yeah. So that's the furthest he's gone on this, huh? Look, I, I think it's, you know, Patrick has has handled himself honorably. He has, uh, I, I think he has the respect of the conference for not trying to assume uh, powers that he doesn't believe he had. Yeah. Uh, and for trying to uh, do the job uh, insofar as helping elect a new speaker. Uh, and I think he has done it with, with dignity, with class. Uh, and I think he has the respect of the conference for the way he has handled that. All right. Thank you. Well, final question. If you, if, if Max, I'm oh, sorry. Final question. If um, there was a vote up to expel Matt Gates, would you support it? Look, in, in conference, I think there needs to be accountability. I, I think, uh, you know, the, what he did was destructive. Um, and I think, obviously, if that were to come up as a, a resolution, you know, that's something that I would support. Uh, but not as a member of Congress. You don't expel no, somebody course. for being a jerk. <laughs> you know. There wouldn't be – present company excluded, but yes. a lot of you guys would be in trouble. <laughs> no question. Obviously, in the press, that would never – you know, no jerks in the press. Thank None. you so much for doing this. I Thanks, really appreciate Ryan. it. I know it's a crazy day. And good luck tomorrow. Thank you. And that's our show. Our producer is Kara Tabor. Our senior producer is Alex Keeney. I'm Ryan Lizza, host and executive producer of Deep Dive. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Tell us what you think about the show or who you'd like to hear on Deep Dive. Email me at rlizza at politico.com. And please subscribe to Playbook Deep Dive wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. 